Welcome to the Take 92 Podcast. This is Sammy Warmhands. I am your host. And I'm really excited about this episode today. We're going to talk about record stores and that side of the music industry. Um, if you know anything about me, I'm a huge proponent of record stores. I visit them every city that I go on tour. And CD World was the first one that I ever really checked out. So excited today to be sitting down with the proprietor, Skip Hermans. I have been coming into this place, I realize, for 15 years now. It's been a pretty uh, important part of my life. And when I was thinking of, of people who might have a unique perspective that we haven't discussed on from, you know, songwriters, uh, singers, rappers, producers, um, other business owners. You know, I haven't he heard from the record store owners yet. So, okay. um, well, that's me. I feel like we're in a really weird time right now, which I'll, I guess I'll, I'll redirect towards that in a minute. Cause I have, I have thoughts on the state of music right now. That's not, it's not good to me as a consumer, but um, or as an artist, or as an artist, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a that's lot. The that's the real unfortunate state of the music business. Is yeah, the artist is the one that's getting screwed. Yeah, I I completely agree. And this has always been a place where you know you walk in the door, the local music's right there. You know, right. you've always supported it. Um, how long has this place been around? Because you started more than twenty years ago, right? This is, we just celebrated our 27th anniversary last Saturday. That's awesome. We opened March 26th, March 26th of 1989. We were down the street um, on West 11th, but down the street closer to Garfield for the first three years. And then we moved into this location in June of 92. And then in summer of 2003 is when we knocked out all the walls below here and took over the upstairs and took over the space next door to us and expanded then. So we have about 8,800 square feet now. We so for the first uh, couple years, you were up until where in the store? Was just your... right at this wall right here. These walls went all the way down. Okay. This was a whole different business. So like the budget here. wall, the DVDs, all yeah, that so stuff yeah, was somewhere else. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, back where the DVDs are and where the vinyl stretches out into and stuff, that was a different business. And they backdoored it one night, and I had just, like, less than 30 days earlier, closed my Corvallis store. Um, we had a store up there for seven years, and I just didn't like that area, and I wanted to concentrate on one store, and, and it was spreading me way too thin. Yeah. So I rode the lease out up there, and we closed it. And then the business next to us here, which was a travel agency, backdoored it one night. And that's when I went to our landlord, who's a local landlord who's great, and said, you pay for the construction, I'll take over the space and sign a 10-year lease. And she jumped at it. Nice. And so um, so we've been here since 92. So, so was the Corvallis store also CD World, or was yes, it a different? Yes, it is. Yes, okay. yes it okay. was. It was, right up on, uh, it was right up on campus. It was uh, right up on Kings Boulevard. And we opened in 95, and I closed it in 2003. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, and now, of course, uh, you kind of have two names to the business. Well, well, actually, the technical name of the bit, I mean, we have a corporation name, mm -hmm. and CD World was always a DBA. 
we added Skip's records on the front because when we added vinyl in like eight or nine years ago, so many people didn't know we carried vinyl. Yeah. So it's registered as Skip's records in CD world now, legally as of the last four years or so. Um, it's still known as CD world, you know, I don't know. It's, you know, CD world was probably a cool name in 1989. And now it's like a name for a museum or something like that, (laughs) you know? So, um, so, and we just, you know, I mean, vinyl now is like 30, 35% of our overall business. That's awesome. So, um, you know, we just decided to add the skips records on the front of it and change the signs and, and sort of did it all legally. So. You know, but that's what it's that's that's still a DBA. We still have a corporation name. Okay. So, yeah. um, let me ask you this, because um, like when I was a kid and I grew up in North Eugene, so this wasn't really on my radar right. um, until I was about 14, 15. Um, I got like a gift certificate from my aunts and uncles that lived over in this neighborhood. And um, needless to say, no turning back. But at the time, you know, I would buy my music. Um, you know, at like Sam Goody or, or Camelot or... Sure, the or, mall stores. Yeah, yeah you know, those yeah, kind of yeah, places. The chain stores. Um, yeah. uh, disc jockey, you know, those kind of things. And, um, you know, that was like 90, late 90s, so like 96 through whenever those, you know, probably about 2000, is I think is when I started coming here. And so um, all of those places gone. Record Garden gone, Face the Music gone, um, you know, a huge shift, obviously, when everything went first Napster and, and then the, the file sharing things that followed. But I'm, I'm curious, um, why CD World? Is still here. How did you survive? <laughs> you know, it, that, that well, was a huge, massive thing. Sam, I've been thing. doing this a long time. I, before I opened this store, I ran a chain of record stores. I started in this business in 74. So I've been, this is my 42nd year. Yeah. Is that right? I'm not good at math, but that sounds right. That sounds right to yeah. me. So, and I've had this for 28 years, so... I ran, there was a chain of stores in Oregon and Washington called Everybody's Records. Mm-hmm. That That's where I started at in 74. And in 83, at the time, a guy of Portland owned them all. And in 83, a guy out of Eugene here bought the Eugene Corvallis and the Albany store. And also bought a couple of those mall stores that you're talking about. They were called DJ Sound City. Okay. One in Salem, one in Bend. He also owned Valley River Records. He was a silent owner. He put me in charge of the stores. I was the president, but I didn't own them. I just ran them for him. Um, In the meantime, we opened three stores in Anchorage, Alaska, a couple more in Washington, and we had a total of nine stores. And we were in NARM meetings. NARM is the National Organization of Record Merchandisers in Florida in 82, and Musicland, one of the chain stores mm-hmm. that you're talking about, had just gone public and really wanted to buy our stores. We owned everything between Portland and Eugene, and plus we had these three big stores in Anchorage, Alaska, and uh, they really wanted them. And the guy who owned them didn't really want to sell them, and I talked him into it sort of because I said, you're out of your mind not to get rid of them when you're on top of the game, yeah. and they're worth top dollar. You never have to work another day in your life. And he did, 
and that sort of put me out of a job. <laughs> and so I went back to doing construction and remodeling and stuff, and I did it for like nine months or so. And long, very, very long story short, two guys that were investors heard about me and got a hold of me. One guy was out of Denver and one guy was out of San Francisco, and they wanted to put together a CD-only store. Uh, one of the first ones on the West Coast. This was in 88. Okay. And and tapes are still moving a lot in 88. Tapes and, and vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, there was only one store on the West Coast that was only CD, and that was a place called Silver Platters in Seattle. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, they and they carried CDs and Laserdiscs <laughs> <laughs> before the DVD. Yeah. Okay. Well, to tell you, when I started, the cassette hadn't been invented yet. We sold eight tracks oh, and yeah? LPs. Okay. And the cassette came out, and we all said, eh, pfft, this ain't going to make it. You can't change channels. Yeah. You know how the eight tracks used to change channels, even though it was in the middle of the damn song? Yeah. Yeah, it changed channels. So anyway, no one ever thought the cassette would make it. So anyway, um, back to these two investors got a hold of me. They flew up here. We meetings. I put together a business plan, yada, yada, yada. Six months later, I find out they really didn't have any money at all. And I had dumped all my pension into making the racks for this store and getting a location and everything else. So I was sort of like up what they call up the, up the creek without a paddle, you know. Yeah. And so I went to this one guy that I know quite well, and he gave me the money and said, give me, you got four years to pay it back. Mm. I don't want any interest. Happens to be the same guy that owned everybody's. Okay. Okay. I mean, he was, I made him a lot of money. Yeah. You know, when we sold him and, and he put had yourself no, out of work. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's sort of ironic, but, um, uh, he had no hesitation, giving me the money, never charged me interest or anything. We paid him back in two and a half years. Nice. You know, and this was before we moved down to this location. And we kept growing leaps and bounds every six, every six months. Every year we were doubling the size of the inventory in here, you know. Wow. And then, of course, in 99, the year 2000, Napster hit, yep. you know. And that's when everybody said that was the end of the record business. But, of course, everybody said it was the end of the record business when they invented blank cassettes. Yes. You know, everybody yep. said, oh, no one's ever going to buy another piece of music in their life again. Well, that's not true. There's still a lot of people out there that still want physical goods, still want to hold something in their hand, read the liner notes. You can't hold an MP3 in your hand. Yeah. It has no value. It has no sentimental value. You know, I see people every day out in the racks, whether it's the CD racks or the vinyl racks, and they're digging through and they hear them go, oh, my God, I haven't seen this in like... 38 years, you yeah. know, some piece of music that they had in high school or junior high or something like that. And um, why are we still here? I don't know. We just, I, I think we provide a service um, and our friendly record store. We're not your high fidelity record store. I, I was going to say and, that today, you know, that you guys are a place where I can come in and everyone who works here has an enthusiasm. Yeah. There's no pretension, condescension. I don't get that, you know, no matter what it is. Maybe they won't uh, 
say anything about one of the things in my stack, but they'll always ask me and engage me about the stuff because you know, they're yeah. generally inquisitive, music-loving they're all music. People. They're all music junkies here. Yeah. You know, and that's why they're here, and that's why some of them have been here for so long. Yeah. You know, um, and that's the, it, and, you know, I can't take the credit for being open, still open. That credit goes to my employees because if I didn't, they're the ones that run the store. They're the ones that tell me, why don't you have this? You know, we need to get this in or we need to get more of this or we need to get rid of this crap because it's not moving, you know, and stuff like that. Every one of them has major input with me. And I've always had an open door policy. You know, they can come and talk to me anytime they want to and never get punished for it or, you know, and it's a real positive thing. And some of them have been here 8, 10, 12 years, you know. And some people have worked for me for long, long periods of time and have left. Um, you remember Patrick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Patrick's, Patrick, every day for three days, he was a sophomore at Churchill. Every freaking three days he came in and just stood there and said, when are you going to hire me? When are you going <laughs> to hire me? When are you going to hire me? And after like three months, I finally just said, fine, just show up at nine on Friday. You're hired. Yeah. And he was here through high school, through college through his master's program, and just recently, you know, a year and a half ago, had to quit because he had to move to Portland. Yeah. And we still stay in contact, you know. I hear that a lot. All my employees, even current ones or ex-ones, are very, very good friends of mine, with the exception of a few that I'd probably not like to see ever again, or like I said in my little thing on my anniversary, that the only time I'd like to see him is if I was in court with him. <laughs> <laughs> and but and that, that happens. That, there's that, That's very, very few. Yeah. That's very, very few. And most of the people that work for me have always come back and said, this is the best freaking job I've ever had, you know? And, um, and I wish... <laughs> You could make money at this job, yeah. Otherwise, and I'd be back. And that's the problem: is we don't make money. You know, I mean, I don't even take a paycheck every once every three months or something like that. Right. Because, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard. It's very, it's a struggle. It's a struggle every day. And as technology gets smarter and smarter, here's the problem. And I haven't brought this up yet, but if you think about it, we are the only business in the world that our own distributors and suppliers don't want us. Okay. Because they don't want physical goods. If they could just sell digital music and the big wigs smoke their cigars and have their martini lunches in New York. And their profit margins go through the roof. And they wouldn't have warehouses to hold product. They wouldn't have labor to make the product. They wouldn't have shipping. They They would eliminate all that with just digital music. That's true. Yeah. And so the vinyl starts to make a comeback. What, eight years ago, nine years ago, it started to resurface again and sort of be cool again. And, and then all of a sudden, nowadays, in the past 18 months or, or 12 months, every commercial you see on TV, there's a turntable in it. <laughs> yep. Isn't that funny? Yep. Those were never there. You start to see on the news, there'll be a, a profile of a guy who still buys vinyl. Yeah, like, exactly. Really? Yeah, this yeah. is a story? Yeah, <laughs> I know. And they make a big deal of it. And, the, and, and vinyl is making a comeback. But mm-hmm. the labels won't invest any money in pressing plants because they don't want it to come back. Yeah. 
And it's so frustrating. You can order a piece of product. You take, for instance, Jack White's last album. Okay. Okay. We brought in 15 to begin with on vinyl. They disappeared like the first five or six days. I ordered 20 more. I got the last 18 that Sony had in their warehouse. Wow. Okay. Luckily. That early on. That early on. And then we never saw it again for three and a half months. Jeez. Because it took that long to repress it, to get it repressed, because it goes in line to who's in order. Well, and on the flip side of that, I've heard um, when you have these big things like Record Store Day, um, that a lot of smaller indie labels will have their order paid for, it's in queue, it's next in line, and then one of the big labels will go, oh, no, we've got an exclusive, so get the fuck out of our way. Well, <laughs> that, that is true. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue that point, and I don't have any control over that. I oh, wish yeah, I did. But um, Record Store Day has gotten a really bad rap because of that. But if you really look at Record Store Day titles, 65 to 70% of those are independent artists oh, yeah. on independent labels. They're not major label stuff. You know, and yes, the major labels have figured out. Some of them have figured out. Um, Record Store Day is a gold mine to them. Yeah, because we're ordering as much as this product as we can, and they're never going to see it again because it's all non-returnable. All vinyl is non-returnable. We can't buy it and then ship it back if we don't sell it. Yeah, like we can with CDs. It's all one way, and this is why you don't see vinyl in Walmart and Target and Best Buy, and stuff like that, because it's non-returnable. Interesting. Okay? We want it to stay non-returnable so they don't get in on it. Because if they get in on it, they're just going to, you know, once again, it's somebody else's fingers in the pot trying to get very limited quantities of stuff that's pressed. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, there's, I mean, there's a pressing plant that just opened in Portland, a real small one. Nice. About nine months ago, and it's only doing independent artists that aren't even signed to a label. What are they called? I can't remember to tell you the Mm. truth. But my son-in-law, who lives in my future son-in-law, is in a band in Seattle. And we were talking one day, and he said, you know, we've had our CD out for like two years, and we still haven't been able to get the vinyl pressed. Yeah. Because we're not signed with anybody. We're in line, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I told him about this place, and he contacted him, and... And I think they had it done like in six weeks. Wow. Yeah. So there are, you know, Jack White, speaking of Jack White, just mm-hmm. opened his own pressing plant in, in Detroit. That's great. Now, I, I totally don't know believe how, that. <laughs> I don't know what he's focusing on, if it's all just third man product, which yeah. is his label, or if he's actually doing other stuff. But, you know, six months ago, there was 35 old, rusty, beat up pressing plants that Sony used to own, or CBS Columbia found in a warehouse in Mexico. Hmm. So they're trying to get those things out of Mexico and into the States and getting cleaned up and operational and stuff like that. And the other thing with a lot of people don't understand about pressing time is if you're doing a run of black vinyl, you can just do a run of black vinyl. If you're going to all of a sudden do a limited edition orange vinyl or a splattered marble vinyl or something like that, they have to stop the presses, get all that ink out of there, completely clean that stuff out so it doesn't affect the colored stuff, and then start pressing whatever color they're doing. So if you're an independent artist and you're looking on some order form and you check that one box, 
<laughs> you might be putting yourself to the back of the line. It, it way in the back, yeah. 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 And then of course once that pressing of that color vinyl's done, they gotta stop cleaning it all out to run the black stuff again. You know. So I think that colored vinyl and splattered vinyl and limited editions, I think they're really cool. They don't sound as good as black vinyl, picture like picture discs, you know. The really? sound quality is is not there that black vinyl has, especially one hundred and eighty gram, hundred and fifty gram vinyl. But, you know, they're collectors. They're cool. I feel like those are more the kind of things you would have framed in your living room or something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of things, picture just people don't even play them. They just have them framed or, you know, yeah. in their collection or something like that. So back to, you know, um, I belong to this group called Sims, like I've told you. It, mm -hmm. it stands for the Coalition of Independent Music Store. There's like 50 of us across the country. We're constantly in combat with the labels trying to get us product, trying to help us, trying to get us co-op advertising. It's just a non-stop battle. Um, there used to be a Warner Brothers rep in, in, there used to be about 20 or 22, 24 Warner Brothers reps across the country. September of 2013, we were at a conference and all of us sitting around, all of a sudden got emails or texts on our phone that says our Warner Brother rep was let go. We're not having any more sales reps do all your orders on our B2B site. Wow. I haven't had a Warner Brothers rep for two years. So if I have questions or problems or something, I have to email customer service, which they get back to you maybe in 24 hours. Or if you call them, you get somebody from a different country on the phone, yeah. which could give a rat's ass about your problem and you know i mean it's just really for not have it's, the experience exactly you know? or yeah. the or yeah. the yeah. influence yeah it's 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 really frustrating but uh back to your original questions of why are we still open i don't know i guess i'm just lucky yeah you know i mean i feel very fortunate that we've that i've been here this long i love this town um, we're very fortunate to have two really good record stores in this town. You know, yeah. House of Records is a great store. They really are. And um, they're probably doing quite well since this huge vinyl comeback has, has you know, has, has occurred. But once again, they're in the same boat as everybody trying to get product that mm -hmm. just isn't available, you know. Um, and, uh, and, and I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. Yeah. You know, well, I, I, I remember a couple of years ago, yeah. I came in, volunteered on, you normally have a sale on like 4th of July. And okay. I remember there was one where you guys closed down, we're like, all hands, you know, we're going to oh, do the we inventory, did re -inventory and we're we going to, re you know, that day. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and I remember at that time hearing whispers, uh, you know, from, from the guys downstairs that, you know, it, it might not be around another year. And I was like, oh God, yeah. I, not this one. <laughs> not, well, not this one. It, and I've and I've seen you guys continue to do well with with vinyl, with the exclusive, with in stores. You know, yeah, I, I yeah. you know. Well, it's it's if if and when I leave, it's not going to be somebody putting me out of business or me going out of business. It's going to be my decision that I'm going to walk away from it. Yeah. I'm hitting sixty here real soon. I have four grandchildren. Um, I'm marrying off my last daughter this coming July. Um, and I don't want to miss that, those grandchildren growing up. Yeah. They mean the world to me, just like my kids did. My kids all worked here. 
Really? You know? Oh, they all worked here. Yeah, they worked here. They worked their way. My oldest kid, I fired. <laughs> she just couldn't make it to work on time. And I just said, damn it, Erica, you know, someday you're just going to, it's going to come back to bite you. And I just got tired of it. She worked here for about three years. She went to University of Oregon. Yeah. And um, um, now she makes 10 times the money that I do because she works for Microsoft. And <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's, it, it'll be one of those things that it's going to be a decision of when I'm done. Yeah. You know, which is going to be a really hard decision because it will affect eight or nine or 10 or 12 people that work for me. Yeah. That and probably I, have for a long time. Yeah. And have for a long time. Yeah. And, um, I, my wife and I have talked about maybe selling it or trying to sell it, but I don't know if I could sell it because I don't, I couldn't come back to it and see somebody else running it yeah. different than how I ran it. It's your baby. It is. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, 28, 27 years in this place, Every morning, getting here between four thirty and five thirty in the morning, you know, um, sometimes six, seven days a week. Um, yeah. I it's going to be really hard to walk away. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been upstairs, but um, when we did that inventory oh, okay, day, okay, I, okay, well, yeah, okay. But as you can see, we have like years of shit around here, <laughs> and um, if I ever did sell it, I don't know. It'd probably take me a year to go out of business or at least get the crap out of here, if nothing else. Yeah, so, yeah. I want to talk for a second about the change in, in formats because right now, even a lot of independent labels, because they don't have the money to appeal to every single format that people now want, are doing things where like, you know, you've probably bought vinyl your whole life, right? Sure. Yeah. And I've bought CDs my whole life right. um, from growing up in a, a different decade. And um, now I'm seeing stuff where you can get things oh, this one's only digital, or this one's only vinyl, or this one's only cassette, or whatever. And a lot of people I consider my favorite artists are not putting out a record that I feel like I can get, you know, because it, it can't go on my, on my shelf. And I feel like that's probably something that vinyl fans suffered in the, in the 90s for a while, that the releases were a lot more limited. But now I feel like people <clears throat> don't know it's like they can't invest in them all, you know, and so they're I think having to exclude to do, people. I mean, yeah, you're right. In the 90s, um, the record labels forced us out of vinyl yeah, because they just stopped making it and because the CD was the future, you know. And so now there's a lot of simultaneous releases, mean, which means they come out on CD on, and on vinyl at the same time. Yeah. And there's a lot of... It's usually the you damn hip hop artists <laughs> that say they take their can to Universal and say, I got a record. I want it out tomorrow. And here it is. And it takes them and they can put it out digitally. Yeah. And it'll take them 10 days to get the CDs pressed. But it may take three months to five months before we see the vinyl. Yeah. Um. A perfect example is the last Dr. Dre. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Compton. He just pulled that out of his ass, it he, seemed like. Exactly. Yeah. And it was available digital. It was 30 days later. We finally had the CD. And now the vinyl's out, I think, six months or seven months after the release. And by that time, yeah. how many people really care? Well, and the thing is... They wanted it that, then. Especially with the pace of everything now, with everything on social media... The immediacy of, of being able to yeah. grab yeah. the latest song or stream it before it comes out or all this. So when you have to wait 
three or six months, then the appeal's gone, and you guys are left with inventory that's not going to move <laughs> because you ordered it when it came out exactly. when you wanted it exactly yeah, yeah. and it's uh it's i don't know it's an everyday battle like i said i've been doing this for 42 years and um the labels are always doing something that they think is in their best interest but don't ever listen to the store people and you know and and something there's been so many formats that i've seen come and go yeah not just I'm, and I'm not just talking about just CD, cassette, and LP. There's been dual discs. Yeah. You remember dual discs? Yep. Remember mini discs? Oh, yeah. That was really brief. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was really bad, too. Yeah. The little three-inch ones. Yep. And and um, we bought into that. And I think I had really? like... Oh, yeah. And I think I had like 400 uh, pieces still left over, and they were non-returnable, and... Well, Luckily, one guy came in here one, I don't know, this was like maybe 15 years ago or 18 years ago or something like that. And he said, I just bought all three of my kids' mini disc players for Christmas. And I said, <laughs> I'll make you the deal of your life on these. And, yeah. and I sold them for like half of what I paid for them, but at least I got them out of here, you know. But um, And then there was the... Um, you know, the Sony put out the dual disc, which was a CD on one side and a DVD on the other yeah. side, which was just stupid because then, you know, you get people and they put it in their car and they come in and says, this, this doesn't this work. This doesn't work. Yeah. It's like you're playing it on the DVD. Well, that's fucking stupid. You know? Yes, it is. Just, yes, However. It is. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen so many formats come and go and now they're trying. Um, we've even actually seen some things that... Um, Believe it or not, the labels have come to me a couple times and said, "This is coming out digital, and but we're not going to get the uh, we're not going to get the vinyl and the CD for like maybe two months or so. Will you sell a zip drive with the vinyl on it and then what? sell it for the list price, and then when it comes out, they can come back and bring you the zip drive and you can just give them the piece of vinyl or the CD. Oh my so god! Like." Who makes up this shit? Yeah. Who thinks of this? And who's making money who thinks of this? Why are you paying these people? Yeah. You know? Well, and you guys are the ones dealing with the consumers. Exactly. Hearing what people want. Yeah. And they're not interacting with them whatsoever other than looking at their Excel sheet or something. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk for a second about streaming. Um, because from my end as an artist, it seems like Napster finally... One, <laughs> you know, it seems like they're they're well, they're putting I, the I, nail in, so to speak. Because I don't know if I don't know if Napster finally won, but well, one of when, the creators when of Jobs, Spotify when Jobs created the iPod, yeah, that was the end of it. Sure, you know, it was all legal then, but and, it's evolved then, to a point where it's like people almost have no incentive to even buy a digital when they are, true. yeah, because now it's not like. Like, if you put up a stream on a website, like, in advance, check out the whole album, you know, or if you put it on your YouTube or something like that, that's one thing. You kind of have to sit at your computer and listen to it, whether it's your laptop or your right. desktop or whatever. Right. But now, the fact that you can just load up a streaming service on your phone, on the dashboard of your car, at work, any single place you go, never having paid for it, it's kind of irresistible to some people. It is. I mean, why wouldn't somebody... I mean... Uh, like, I get the appeal. I just hate it yeah, so much. I hate it, too. You're, Even we're, as we're a consumer. In, we're both in the same know. boat. But the, the, the thing about it is, is 
there's kids out there that are 15, 16, 18 years old that think, I've never paid for music. Why should I start now? Yeah. You know, music has always been free and it should be free. Well, tell that to artists. Yeah. That slave over writing and, 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 and performing and recording and stuff. And they just give their, supposed to give their shit away, their art. You know, artists don't do that. Builders don't do that. I mean, the problem, the, the, the music business has always been so ass backwards. We're one of the few businesses in the world also that give away the stuff that's really hot and charge a full price for all the stuff that no one wants. Mm. That makes sense? Give me an example. <laughs> new releases. Okay. They're always on sale. Yeah. We always have, you know, the new Adele comes out. We have it for nine ninety nine. You know, yeah. it's a fourteen ninety eight. We have it for nine ninety nine. Target has it for eight ninety nine. Amazon has it for eight ninety nine. Yeah. Blah blah blah. The old Adele. Seventeen dollars. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Fourteen ninety nine. I get it. Yeah. I get yeah. it. We give away the stuff that's really hot and then we charge you full price for the stuff that no one wants. Yeah. Yeah. It's an ass backwards business. It's interesting, man. Yeah. So many times lately I feel like I was just born a few years too late. <laughs> like <laughs> like, man, if I was just in a little bit early with the same kind of momentum, like maybe I'd actually be eaten off this by now. But <laughs> Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's very tough. You know from personal experience from years of personal experience. Yeah. And as far as streaming goes, Sam, I don't really know anything about it. I don't stream. Yeah. I don't I've never downloaded a song in my life. Yeah. I never have owned an iPod. All right, so let's kind of close up. I want to talk about, um, we touched on it, but Record Store Day is coming up. Uh, what's the a date? Is April it like 16th. 16th. It's always the third Saturday of April. Okay. Every year. This is the ninth one. I don't think it's the 10th one. They'd be celebrating it. This is the ninth one. I remember yeah. uh, uh, actually was one of the guest performers at one of the very first ones that, that okay. you guys had here. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I thought it was so great, man. You, you get to see all these super rare, very, very, very long out of print um, things coming back. And you get to see these live records that you've never heard and just all these cool, some, cool things that, there, that the artists... There's some very, very cool stuff that comes out on Record Store Day. Yeah. That, and, and, and then there's some stuff that probably shouldn't come out on record store day, but there is now a committee of about nine buyers across the country that there's, there's, there's a record record store day is actually an ent entity. Now it is a business. Okay. Okay. And it is run by a guy named Michael Kurtz and he's in New York and he used to have a record store and he sold it to actually take over record store day and run it. And Record Store Day came about by, there's a guy um, that owns a chain of stores in Massachusetts called Bull Moose. And, of course, you've probably heard of, um, oh, it's the big chain in Boston, the comic book place, Newberry's. Newberry's, okay. Newberry's okay. Comics, okay. There's always been a national comic book store day where they come out with these limited oh, yeah, edition yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. So they... Him and this guy from Bull Moose thought, why don't we see if the labels will put out some exclusive releases and we can do a record store day? Sort of like we did with comic store, comic book store day. And the first one, I think there was 42 releases or 41 releases. 
And the second one, there was like 90. And then the third one, I think there was 200. And then it got it up into like the 400 range. And really? It got, yes. Yeah I, yeah, I remember it was a couple hundred. I didn't remember it was getting that high. Yes, it was. I mean, a couple years ago, it was about 480 releases or something like that. Jesus. And then the committee said, all right, we, this is insane. Because how do you know what to buy? Well, exactly. And what's happened is that actually Record Store Day has put some record stores out of business. Really? Because they're buying all this stuff in hopes that they're going to sell it. And they can't and, and send they it can't, back. And they can't send it back. And so you have to be really smart. Now the issue is the Record Store Day Committee decided that last year, let's tone it down back to 400. This year it's only 300, I think it's 330 titles that are official Record Store Day sanctioned releases. Yeah. The problem is, is there's a whole bunch of other little labels out there that are just saying, we're releasing this on yeah. April 16th, so it's a Record Store Day title. Yeah. It's not really a Record Store Day title, and it's not really a limited edition and it's not sanctioned by Record Store Day. Um, so there's a lot of confusion to the public out there about this. Um, and it, it, it has grown into a thing that a, a lot of people badmouth because of what we talked about earlier about kicking the independent artists out of line, getting their stuff pressed. Sure. That's gotten bad press. It's a freaking money grab. You know, the labels are they, they're just gouging you, you know, charging you $29 for a $15 record or whatever, you know. Well, there are stores like that that do that. Yeah. But they don't. There is a record store day pledge that every store has to sign. And if you get caught breaking the rules of this pledge, you don't get record store day product or Black Friday product for two for two years. Wow. You're banned from buying it. Even though you might be a pledged store, they know that. And they will go after people. And there have been stores that I know that have been kicked off a record store day and can't buy the product. Um because they were gouging people. There was a great example. There was a store in Chicago called Finders Records. Mm -hmm. And there was that cake box set that came out about two years ago. And they bought 10 or 12 of them and they sold two of them at the counter and kept the other ones behind the counter and doubled the price on them. It was like a 129 or a 139 list or something. And they were selling them for 300 bucks. Man. And the lady from record store day found out and she called them and said, do you have any cake box sets left? And they said, yeah, we do. We have them. We killed some back They're $300. Showed us to save one. And she said, are you sure you, this is what you want to tell me? Not identifying yeah. herself or anything. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. The owner held some back, and they're $300. We have them right here. Are you sure that's what you want to <laughs> say? She gave her all the chances in the world. Yeah. They're not part of Record Store Day anymore. Yeah. You know? Rightfully they, so. They lost that. So we can't put it, we can't hold product. Yeah. We can't sell it before, nothing can be sold before 8 a.m. Eastern time Okay, and you guys get a line around the the building, right? Yes, we. There's last year there was about 180, 200 people in line or so. That we makes let, me very happy. Yeah, it, it is. It's <laughs> a great awesome. day. It's an it's a great. It by far our biggest day of the year, has, and everybody's biggest day of the year as far as the Sims group that I belong to, used to be December 23rd. Yeah, it's the first. It's the last full business day before Christmas. Yeah. Okay, because the 24th is the short day. Close early. Yeah. yeah. Record Store Day beats it by leaps and bounds every year. That's awesome. Yeah. 
now because I mean, of it is that. a bigger investment, but it's, it's a huge investment. But still, that's, yes. that's, that, yeah. it makes me yeah. happy that people are, are coming around and supporting, you know, yeah. independent and, stores. And the other thing that they're not only supporting independent stores because there is, there is a dark side to it, <laughs> and that's the eBayers. Yeah. You know, and that's unfortunate yeah. because, and we as pledge stores, we can put our stuff, if we have stuff left over, we can put it on our eBay stores the day after, mm-hmm. but we can't sell it for anything more than 20% of what the suggested list price is. Okay. Okay. Where you get an artist like, take for instance, Dave Matthews. Mm-hmm. He brought out those live tracks releases, the very first one. He demanded only 500 box sets of these got made. Everybody's going, Dave, you can sell like 2,500 of these and they're still going to blow out. He said, I only want 500 of them out there, period. We had two guys that that got here at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday (laughs) and sat outside to be first in line Saturday morning at 7 o'clock to get those. They got them. That sold for, I think it was 149 list. Yeah. Okay. The day after record store day, remember that there was only 500 made. Yeah. Okay. The day after record store day, there was 54 of them up on eBay going for as low as 300 to $500. So. And as high as. At, and as high as $500. Yeah. So the true fan, the really true fan who really wants that piece now has to pay freaking 300 to $500 for it because they couldn't get it because it was so limited. Yeah, that's you insane. I, well, and actually, I know that last year, the Rhyme Sayers right. finally did a reissue of Idea's only, first and only solo album, uh, Many Faces of Oliver Hart. Mm-hmm. And Crush Kill, the label I work with, is ideas label and so i was hearing about this well before it happened i was very excited about it i remember seeing a facebook post from his mom saying already there's people selling these things for a hundred bucks on ebay you know this just like and and actually i went to i went to see smashing pumpkins the other day and um it's one of those things where like to get tickets that were worth a shit i had to sit there you know, at 9.59, before they go on sale, I had three different browsers open on my computer because when you just look at tickets for availability, it holds them for you. Right. Even if you haven't put in your credit card or anything. And so you're looking, and everyone's looking right at, at 10 a.m., so you're way back in the nosebleed. So I got three browsers open. I'm refreshing, I'm refreshing, I'm refreshing, moving around. Okay, finally, I got something worth a shit. But, man... I just miss the days when you'd line up outside a Ticketmaster at three in the morning right. and hang out with some other right. fans, you know. Because, because and, now computers just do that and buy all the good stuff up in in front of all the real humans anyway. Yep. Yeah. yep. And uh, yeah, it, it's it is too bad. But um, at, back to uh, the the store here, the, I, I'm I'm so glad that at least um, the 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 most dedicated can still line up around the the corner yeah. and and. Get the doorbuster stuff. And granted, and you granted, know. you know, probably twenty percent of those people that are in line are eBayers. You know. Okay. Um, yeah. You're right. You're and, right. And and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm selling it. That's what I'm happy about. Yeah. And and the part of the pledge is you can only buy one of something. 
you know, you can't come in and buy seven copies of. So the, uh, the consumer can only buy one of each thing. E exactly. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's very very strict, and so you can't come in and say I want all seven copies of the John Coltrane box set that you have. You ever get a guy yeah. just put on a hat and come back in? <laughs> um, we had a guy that uh, left and then came back at like three o'clock and bought pretty much the same stuff that he bought, and we sort of let it slide because we still had some left. Then he came back the next day and was buying the same stuff, and we just said, no, you're not, you know, this yep. is, you're not, you're not nothing this. And he said, well, I'm buying it for my niece, and it's just like, you know, I don't really care. Then send your niece in here to get yep. it. And he took those records and threw them all the way across the floor, all the way across really? the floor. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, uh, he's never been allowed back in here. Again, and there's actually people on eBay now that are selling record store day stuff already that's not even out. How the f hmm? Because they pre sell this stuff at exuberant prices, and then they stand in line or they take teams and go to record stores. There's a kid in Columbus, Ohio, right now that his name is all over every independent record store. In the within three hundred miles, you got a wanted list. <laughs> he is his mugshot. He is. We know his name. We know where he lives. Wow. We've seen his postings. I can show you. That's you crazy. Know? I'll show you after we're done, so we're not taking up the audio time. Well, of this, okay. But, let yeah. me let me ask you about one more thing. Sure. Oh, you know, before I switch, Black Friday is now in conjunction with Record Store Day. Is that right? That you're you're yeah, getting Black... exclusives in the same way. That that did confuse me as a as a buyer. Black Friday is part of Record Store Day. It does come with exclusive releases. And it was thought up because what do people do on Black Friday? They stand in line at 4 o'clock in the morning so they can get five pairs of socks for a dollar and get trampled. Yeah. We wanted to try to come up with something to bring people to our stores on Black Friday without just giving everything away and stuff. So we went to the labels. And, of course, the labels said, yeah, let's do it. It's much more limited titles. It's like... Somewhere between 70 and 80 titles every year. Okay. Yeah. And if something's a really, really, really good piece that we don't want for Black Friday, they'll hold it until Record Store Day. Because Record Store Day is mm. much more important to us. You know, Black Friday is important, and the, new, and the releases are cool, but it is a mini Record Store Day. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, um, Tuesdays used to be the day that I would look forward to. I always tried to have it off, you know, on my work schedule because this is I love very, very, very sore subject. I'm sure. With me. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and this was one fucking person's decision. To the people that don't know, um, new music always came out, and actually movies too. If you go, to, if you want to buy the new Hunger Games or something, it comes out on Tuesday. Correct. Still, the, right? DV the DVDs or Blu-rays, yeah, heart, yes. heart physical copies. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in the stores, yeah. my whole life, I would come down. Buy the stuff the day it came out. Very excited about it. If you, got, you, know, you pre-ordered it, that's the day you can come and grab it. You know? And uh, I always look forward to Tuesdays. And it's also traditionally, in retail, one of the worst days of the week for having business. You know, if you've ever worked retail, it's a slow day. You might be looking for things to do. I don't know if it was by design, but it always seemed like a great way to keep your sales up midweek during that slump. And now, as of last year, I believe, a year or so ago, they moved everything to Fridays now. It was July 10th. 
of last, last year. summer. Okay. Yeah. July 10th was the first Friday street date. So are you feeling that? Everybody's feeling it. Yeah. We're screaming. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and sometimes even Thursday. Thursday's not too bad around here because that's when we put out most of the used, really good used vinyl for the weekend. Okay. So we do some business then. Um, but we don't have those new releases for Tuesday. They come on Friday. Um, and Friday's a good retail day anyway. Friday's a good retail day. And what we've lost Tuesday and Wednesday we're not making up on Friday and Saturday, yeah. you know, because people are in the stores Friday and Saturday anyway. So the labels came up with this great idea. Well, we'll do some vinyl Tuesday releases. So they'll put out two or three titles every other week on a Tuesday that you can put out on Tuesday. It doesn't make any difference whatsoever, you know. Especially if you're now retraining your customers right. Right. That, that's not the day to come in. Friday's the day to come in. Friday's the day that the new music hits. Yeah. 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 So I and don't know. This was pretty much one person's decision and threatening the whole industry. Very powerful person. And she got her way. And then everybody joined suit. And so this is the head of Universal. Yeah. And she is in her first year of being the head of Universal. And she's trying to make a real splash. And she definitely has and they're back to one of the worst distributors as far as they don't want physical goods around so they'll really you know yeah they're the worst ones well yeah. maybe that was part of the plan yeah it's part of <laughs> it know? yeah maybe it they're, was but I, to me i never believed in conspiracy theories or anything like that but i think they're doing anything that they can to f kill physical goods for music and what's going to happen when uh I mean, still to this day, we get so many people that come in here and they'll say, well, you can, it's only released as an MP3. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what is that? It's like, it's a digital file. Well, I don't do computers, you know? Yeah. Well, and, they're not looking out for you. Yeah. Because. So that person can't get that. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that's only released digitally. It happens to me all the time. Yeah. I, I, a year or two ago, I uh, heard this, this new band called The Interrupters. They were produced by Tim Armstrong from Rancid. Mm -hmm. Hellcat Records was putting it out. They were touring with Mighty Mighty Boston. I thought, great, I'm going to get my hands on this. And it was vinyl and digital. I was like, god damn it. Yeah. You know? And I remember I would comment when Hellcat would post about it. I would think, hey, when are you going to? I would message them. Hey, when are you going to? You know, and a lot of them, even when they do, because they've now invested extra money in other formats, will then skimp on the packaging and you'll get just like a little sleeve with the yeah. CD in it that it sucks that's, and no no artwork yeah, no no fold, that's the worst you know and, and, it, and it's and, still 16 bucks yeah yeah and so yeah. but but hellcat pulled through because i i can't even remember how i came across it i think i would just search for it every few months like yeah. hey i wonder if they ever and they did put it out and I, yeah, yeah and i got it and it's the full booklet they yeah. did the whole thing it's an actual jewel case i'm like holy shit so every now and then at least those small labels they might listen yeah that that was a small victory for me because <laughs> well, i listen to that cd and, all and the time I, and a lot of those small labels now also um along with some even of the bigger ones are going to direct to consumer sales true you know and that's really hurt stores yeah you know Direct to consumer doesn't do us any good. Yeah. You know, if you're just gonna if you're gonna sell it to us, so we can resell it, and then you're just gonna turn around and steal our customers. Yeah, you know, it's an ongoing problem. 
I mean, there's so many things that are screwed up in the music industry. You know, we could talk all day about that. Yeah. There's been many times that I've almost got to my breaking point and just said, screw this. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be hosed like I'm getting hosed. And then I'll see some, you know, 14-year-old girl find that album that she just has been looking for or that 68 year old guy find that record that he's been looking for for years and it makes it all worth it yeah. you know it makes it all worth it not saying that you know if i close i don't have any income and either does i don't have any income coming in because my wife is the bookkeeper for the business and yeah we'll both be out of work you know but it's i, I don't know it's the love of music is why i do this that's why I walk in here every day. That part of me I don't think will ever end. Um, if I don't have a store to run and I don't have new release books to go through and orders to place and stuff like that, I'll probably get lost in the shuffle like everybody else does that is away from it for a long period of time, you know? Yeah. I just hope that day isn't that soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this place has always been a, a sanctuary to me as as both a, a fan and, and an artist. Whether, uh, we appreciate that. You know, we all appreciate it. I mean, you guys let me film one of my first music videos here. I remember that. Um, yeah. If you guys have, uh, if anybody at home listened to The Illusionists, if you have the album reintroducing, the album cover was shot here in the store. Yep. Um, y y you know, when, when I first went solo and, and no one would book me and I was trying to put out my record you know this was the one place that I could not only sell it but actually have my performance you right, know and right. and um I just have so many fond memories in in uh in this place so uh I'm I'm glad you're here and Thanks, and Sam. you know I appreciate uh, it and I'll I'll keep coming I know I used to come in every single Friday after work uh now since I haven't been making that money after I <laughs> quit that job and started touring and stuff i haven't been in as often but god i still i still love it and i'll still support yeah. it so thanks thanks again for tuning in this is the take 92 podcast i am sammy warm hands i hope you enjoyed this one again it's something that's very near and dear to me i absolutely love going to record stores the process i love digging through old stuff new stuff you name it i'm really glad to have a few people like Skip and his team keeping that tradition alive. That said, look it up online. The address is go to cdworld.com or go to skips.com and check it out. You can buy Sammy Warmhands music on there. You can buy anything under the sun, man. It's great. Just wanted to throw out a little reminder my book, Famous Last Words. 10 years of take 92 music is back and expanded new chapter new pictures all that stuff um, you can get that at take 92.com or at michaellarson.com that's the crush kill page thank you guys for supporting if you like the show man subscribe i can't tell you enough how much i appreciate that your shares your comments rate the show if you like it if you don't like it you know don't rate the show you don't have to do but um normally i'd be leaving you with a track that i collaborated with my guest on since i don't have one of those i'm just gonna leave you my recent single morning
It's, 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 it's warning the hours all but vanish No more snoring cause there's an opportunity To take advantage of and she won't let it slip away Too determined, no obstacle is conquered If you often lose your purpose So she studies on the breakfast Eggs over textbook Crossed off the checklist Forgot about the necklace Priorities changing What she thought was important Before chasing possibility The promise so enormous She's out of bed, bed Read the chapter review Off the school kept to herself But only chat for a few she was acing that test, no chance to reduce Just execute the first time I'm in the classroom with do. After four o'clock and right back to work in the lobby Drive across town, so a couple more cups of coffee Count the minutes till the shift ends at last And count the days till she's finished and this is all in the past We make ourselves go crazy For the things we think we need Self-sabotage the future Call it fear or call it greed There's a better time be the one you leave Cause working for a living Doesn't have to make you leave It's midnight, she really needs to go to sleep But we've all even seen each other all this week that's the price of all this ambition Working twice as hard, sacrifice Part of a grand vision Sandwiching minimal sleep in long hours Between a lack of relaxed days off And hard showers looking for a release Just for a moment and then it's back to the plan of attack Have to keep going if she's ever gonna make it out of this routine Being stuck behind a counter Taking orders from routines Every part of her from her head to her shoe soles Is dying to take up the safer And trade it for new goals and freedom Of living on your own terms No more working Double shifts going on the homework, running out of steam Infatuated with the dream, but she acclimated and graduated with the steam We make ourselves go crazy for the things we think we need Self-sabotage the future, call it fear or call it greed There's a better path, may it be the one you leave Cause working for a living doesn't have to make you bleed Work so hard to fulfill your mission. We make ourselves go crazy. We make ourselves go crazy. We make ourselves go crazy.